It didn't listen to me. It walked out of the thicket. It turned around and looked at me. They looked up, and in this tree, there was a monkey man. And the monkey man jumped down out of the tree and started running away. And suddenly, they're right in front of the car. He slams on the brakes and manages to stop. And he's skidding because it's not quite, you know, um, gravelling. And for literally for about a second and a half, they just stood there because they don't know where to go. And you tell them panicking, they're like ripping up their 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 faces like twitching. Bigfoot Society. This is your host, Jeremiah Byron. Every week I talk to different people in the cryptozoology field. You never know who's going to be on next week. If you'd like to sponsor the show, head on over to patreon.com forward slash the Bigfoot Society. You get access to a ton of things there, including a close-knit cryptid community on Discord where you can connect with like-minded cryptid researchers and enthusiasts, weekly bonus content, the ability to hang out with each week's guest after the main show, exclusive merch, and much, much more. In this week's episode, I talked to a new friend, Brian Bowden, uh, the director of the New York State chapter of the North American Dogman Project, among many other things you'll find out. But, man, do me and Brian... If you like stories about cryptid encounters, you're going to love this episode because Brian shares some personal stories about... Bigfoot encounters, dogman encounters from over the years, and you are absolutely going to love this episode. So uh, it's such a fun time talking to Brian. Uh, thanks so much to Kenny Irish for making that connection. Uh, hope to have uh, Brian back on sometime in the future because he's got stories upon stories to tell. But definitely enjoy uh, this uh, dogman encounter-focused episode of Bigfoot Society. You're going to love it. Thanks for listening. All right, Bigfoot Society, thanks for coming back for another episode. I've got a new friend, Mr. Brian Bowden, uh, with me. Uh, So, Brian, thanks so much for coming on. I mean, as as followers know, uh, we're supposed to have Kenny Irish on tonight. Uh, I'm going to get him another time. But Kenny did me a solid, and he was like, you got to have my friend Brian on because he knows his stuff. And I'm like, dude. (laughs) Send them on over. Let's check it out. I'm not yeah. reading your bio, Brian. Yeah. I'm going to focus on the cryptid stuff because, dude, sure. you are all – you got stuff going on that is incredible. So thank you so much for coming on. But oh, I want to spend a, a few minutes uh, laying out some uh, some stuff because here at Bigfoot Society, you know, we like to – we focus on the cryptozoology every, every week. And, uh, you know, um, so Brian is the founder and director of the New York State Sasquatch Organization, NYSSO. Uh, the director of the North American Dogman Project, New York State Chapter, very cool, uh, and is the North American correspondent for Outer Limits Magazine. He's the co-host of Inside the Goblin Universe radio program with Ronald Murphy and host of uh, Nobo Bumi. And forgive Nobo, me. Nobo Bumi. It's great. Thank no, you. Don't worry Thank about you. it. It's fine. It's purposely <laughs> done that way. Actually. Right, right, which stands for nobody but me. So, And you, you <laughs> may have seen Brian on uh, – a variety of different uh, TV programs. It sounds like uh, you're all over the place. So, uh, yeah, so a lot UFO of stuff. Yeah. A lot of discovery plus uh, yep. cryptid, cryptid related 
uh, Inside the Goblin Universe with Cliff Simon, the late Cliff Simon, who's a great mm. guy. We talked about, I did the Jersey Devil uh, portion of that. Okay. And then a lot of UFO stuff, but uh, there is a link between the cryptids and the UFOs, but we'll... We'll, we'll discuss later. You got it. You got it. So I like to, you know, here's a question where uh, a lot of programs might beginning with begin with this, but I think it's important to know where you came from. So what was it, Brian, that got you into these cryptid subjects like Dogman, Bigfoot, all this stuff? What drew you to it, do you think? Well, you know, it was, let's put Dogman to the side for a moment all right, all right. because growing up, um, I used to watch something, a program called In Search of with Leonard Nimoy. Yes, yes. Okay, I, that's how I grew up. I love monster movies. I love science, you know, UFOs. And I, I, I like that. That was the genre. And, you know, we always looked at you know, I was lucky enough that my mother was a school teacher mm. and she had the summers off. So she became a head counselor in a sleepaway camp in Connecticut. Okay. Northwestern Connecticut. Ooh. And I basically was born. They brought me up to camp and I've been there for like decades. So, um, and it was great. It was a great way to get away from New York City for two months in the summer or a little bit more. And um, I just, you know, we always looked at the stars, you know, I, I'm it, being in the city, the stars, the light pollution just killed the stars. Exactly. So when you get to the country and you see all these stars and you can actually see the Milky Way, mm-hmm. you know, that, that mm-hmm. portion of it, it's just amazing. And we used to see some crazy objects and we tell stories, but, um, you know, for everything, I mean, I was into the Loch Ness Monster, Bigfoot. Uh, the abominable snowman or yeti which is basically mm-hmm. a bigfoot in, in winter um and then they talked about like ghost stuff and whatever but um <laughs> i always thought that bigfoot was in the pacific northwest mm, okay. that's where you know right patterson right. given film yeah you know everything took place in the pacific northwest and i was like i want to go to the pacific northwest i want to look at a bigfoot you know um not thinking anything of of being in you know the east coast or any place else um and one summer in um, in about 19, it was, I don't know if it was 77, 78, or 79. I don't remember okay. that far back. Okay. But um, I slept on the bunk bed, top bed of a bunk. And when the counselors would come back from, you know, someone would watch you in the bunk at night, and then some key counselors were off. So when the counselors would come back from town, you know, drinking, eating pizza, mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, at, you knew that they were all back because every light was shut off. Even the bathroom lights were shut off. Okay. So, you know, because they don't want to sleep with the lights on. So I, I'm sleeping on this this bunk bed. Now, if my feet are over here, there's a window right here next to my feet. Yep, yep. And the window's about, I'm going to say, maybe two and a half, three feet, maybe three feet by three foot uh, glass window that slide into the bunk. And I'm pretty high up. So, um, and I have this smell coming, like a skunky type of smell mm. and i have to get up i have to go to the bathroom i'm thinking okay. like not, you know maybe 10 years old okay. maybe so i wake my, i wake up i smell this this smell i know the lights are out so that all the counselors are back and i get up i sit up in my bed and i kind of look and i notice something's in my window whoa so i'm like okay you know there's a lot of shadow play with trees and the full moon yeah, or whatever yeah. and i look and the, the smell of skunk and that putrid, disgusting skunky smell is really strong. Um, not unusual for, for camp. But there seems to be a head or a face in the window, and it's kind oh, of doing man. this. Oh. And I look, and I'm looking at it from a distance. I'm trying to hide my physical body because my feet are exposed right by the window. And it looked like a giant monkey, okay? 
like a gorilla slash monkey. And I'm like, it's, it got me unnerved. Hmm. So I laid back down very slowly, try not to move because this thing could have easily just went right through the glass, grabbed me, pulled me through. Right. So a little bit uh, nervous. And after about an hour, I just, my bladder couldn't take it. So I slowly creep back up and then I get, get to away from the window and I just slide down my bed. And then I literally do a dog crawl. Yeah. Throughout the bunk, and I have to pass. I go underneath my bunk to the bunk that's right next to me, which is right by that side entrance. I'm uh, I'm by the side where this thing was peeking in, and there's a door there, mind you. And I'm like, I'm literally crawling from that point all the way over the length of the bunk and slowly sneaking to the bathroom. Also knowing that the windows are there, and this thing can come in that way too. Okay. Trying not to make any noise, and I peeked, and I didn't see anything at that point. So I went to the bathroom, I slid all, you know, did the dog crawl back, whatever. So that was it. You know, I, I, you know, that was my experience and it was really unnerving. And I didn't know what it was at the time, because like I said, Bigfoot's in the Pacific Northwest. That's what they tell you on in search of. Right. Well, yeah, exactly. Right. And now I do have photograph memory and I was talking to my buddy, my partner, Al, about his encounter in Florida and stuff. And I said, you know, I remember this moment. So I said, you know, let me do a search. So where my camp is, there's a, a lake right next to it. It's a reservoir. It's called Crystal Lake. <laughs> now, I'll, I'll tell you what's very interesting about it. The yeah. people that did that movie, Friday the 13th, yeah. came to my camp first. No way. Yes, they wanted to do it, which would have been, I would have been like, if I own the property, like, yeah, go ahead, but just replace every bunk. Oh, my god. Because, goodness. but. The owners were like, oh, it's going to be a negative. They don't want the negativity. I'm like, there's no negativity. You'd have brand new bunks. It'd be, you know, everything would be Mm -hmm. perfect. So that's their their touch. But I mean, it's literally butts up against my lake, uh, my camp. There's a a lake, a little woodsy area, then my camp, you know, with a little lake in it. So I start doing my research and I look up Bigfoot sightings in that area. Yeah. And wouldn't you know it, the same year I had my experience in the window, Three separate people saw two bipedal cryptids uh, hanging out right by that reservoir. Really? Yes. So it is. So I said, okay, so what I did see was legitimately a Bigfoot. And then, you know, that's when I was, you know, I'm, I'm older now. You know, this was about 15, 20 years ago. Okay. I didn't really bother to do it. I just been doing a lot of independent stuff. And when you discover that there's Bigfoot in your area, you, you know, you take these little expeditions, research yeah, investigations. Yeah. And I just so happened to meet somebody who is very much into it. He started his own group, Al, and they started Bronxville Paranormal. We started doing investigations together, but we also do it separately. Mm. Um, so I, that's how I kind of got into it. Um, I was a little bit more into the UFO stuff because I thought that would be cool. Like, yeah, we get abducted. We go to, you know, we can cruise to these planets and stuff. And I'm like, uh, no. When you know about aliens... <laughs> You don't like, want to get them. That's a no for me. Yeah, yeah that's, uh, <laughs> one no, please. No. Yeah, right, right. So, first off, that's that's fascinating. So, I grew up in Western Mass, and I oh. I can I can vouch for you. Uh, Northwestern Connecticut, people might think of Connecticut and be like, "Oh, is it really?" And yes, yeah. it is really. Massachusetts like, too. Yeah. Oh, are, man, we're, Western we're, Mass is crazy. So, are were you near like Pittsfield? Uh, my, uh, so I, my, one of my grandparents what grew, uh, was in the Berkshires in Great Barrington. I know. And, you're, um, you're basically yeah. the same. Okay. But so, I grew up in Northfield in Franklin County. So, okay. Yeah. So, you know, route seven, right? Oh yeah. 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 Okay. 
So I'll just let you know that um, yeah. the town I was in is Winstead. They used to have a guy that they called oh, Winstead Wildman. Winstead, yes. Yes. Okay. So you've been through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. It's about this big. Like yeah, this right. Big. It's, it's, it's uh, yeah. Yeah. So um, the Winstead Wildman, and it's Ooh. very interesting. There's been several sightings along that road into Massachusetts, specifically Great Barrington. Wow. There used to be a coach that would ride to Pittsfield and Great Barrington and come back down through that way. Um, and, uh, it's, you know, it, there are several sightings of what they would call a wild man. Was it called Bigfoot back really? then? In most places they didn't call him Bigfoot or Sasquatch. It was a wild man. Oh, that's a sure. wild man. You sure. know, you stay out of the woods and it's basically a extremely large, uh, bipedal humanoid esque uh, entity, which is Bigfoot. Uh, we got Bigfoot and and Sasquatch from Indian tribes, and mm-hmm. and then later on, you know, someone said, "Oh, look at the Bigfoot." You know, I mean, right? And the no-brainer. The rest right? is history. Yeah, yeah. yeah oh the rest, man, rest is it. But that whole area, that corridor, is heavily it's wild, heavily traveled. And when you know what what's interesting is when you find out later on, it's like I have a buddy in Connecticut. You should probably get on too, called uh, Chris Reinhardt. He does okay. a lot of investigations out of Winston. Right. In that area, he recently discovered and found um, a set of prints. I think there were 14 and a half inches right and left that went on for a bit. And and it's a classic thing that happens to everybody that we've researched and investigates. When you cast the carry packs, you're in the woods all day. Mm-hmm. You do, you want to keep enough water for you to drink. Sure. and. And but you also like, you know, you want if you come across a, a, a track and what he came across was golden. Yeah. Um, you want to have some kind of casting material. And he, he took it out that that morning or just before the um, the investigation he was on, you know, to lighten the load a little bit. So oh, yeah. he didn't cast it yet. I mean, he may have casted it now. But let me tell you, big time uh, cryptids in that area, oh, uh, yeah. like Bigfoot, as well as. I'll give you an example of a dog man. All right, go ahead. So, yeah. So the way my camp was structured, um, on one side of this main roadway that that's a, you know surface road, uh, it's a route. Uh, I forgot the name, or maybe two sixty three. And on one side is the camp property, and they own some sides on the other side of the road, and that's where the the caretaker used to live. And they have something called the canteen, where at night we'd have a social. One of my best friends in the planet who I met in that camp one night, we're hanging out there. And this is years after I had that experience. I wasn't even thinking about it at the time. Mm. We would go on hikes and, 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 and explore all the time. But at night, he decided to play, you know, around and go behind the building into the woods, you know, just, uh, you know, just do something. It was our free time. It's at night. We're supposed to be, you know, socializing. Anyhow, he comes out and he is deathly afraid i mean i know this guy and he's scared out of his mitts he goes don't go back there don't go back there. there's a monster back there i'm like what are you talking about it's you know he says it's like 10 feet tall it's got fangs it's got yellow eyes it's got claws it's a monster don't go back there and he was adamant about this thing and i'm like come on let's go and he's like bobo don't go back there and we went back you know we're we're not gonna we we kind of believe him because he was you could see he was unnerved. Right, right. So yeah, yeah. So we go back there and we don't find anything. Okay. But that's the experience. And to this okay. day, when I question it, he says, "Oh, I was making it up." And I know him well enough to mm. know that 
he was not. Yeah, yeah, there's something you can see. There, you could probably see it in his eyes. There's a certain panic yeah. that you have at, yeah. at a moment where you're scared. You can't replicate that. You're right. not that good an actor. Exactly. Very few can. And uh, so what you come to find out as a Bigfoot, as a researcher of all this stuff, cryptids and, and, and dogmen, and I never wanted to believe dogmen was real. Thank you to my partner, but it is. Um, yeah. Nine out of ten times, if you have Bigfoot in the area, you'll have dogmen. And there's usually really? something that separates them. And they kind of like, you stay on your side, we'll stay on our side. Okay. And usually it's because there's a source, a made source of water, and there's a lot of type of food. So in that area specifically, there's a lot of water, fresh water. There's fish, there's turtles, there's deer. Um, something that's interesting, the bears have come back in, but there weren't as many when we were going to camp. Okay. So that could be from a, a eight to nine foot bipedal cryptid, you know, you know, Bigfoot. And there's been many reports of Bigfoot actually having interactions with bears to, you know, territorial and, wow. and ripping them to shreds. Wow. Just think about this concept for everybody that's watching. Okay. Remember Michael Jackson and Bubbles, that little chimp? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bubbles, Eddie, you know? Right. Okay. So <laughs> yeah. Bubbles has a little chimpanzee, like a baby chimp. Yeah. Without even thinking about it, can rip your arm out of its socket and oh, get yeah. off your body. Total. Oh, yeah. And Bubbles was maybe three feet, right? Yeah. Maybe. Super, super small. Yeah. Okay. What do you think uh, uh, a, an eight foot version of that could do? Game if, over. Exactly. Game over. I yeah. mean, it's no joke when you see some of these videos, you see these big trees moving oh, and, yeah. and whatever. So that's, you know, once you start really investigating it, and I investigated when I started getting older, when I had a car, mm-hmm. you know, don't get me wrong. I was into very much the women around there, but it's also like, hey, what are we doing today? Let's do this. Mm-hmm. And um, we did a day night investigation. Uh, fast forward uh, when I first met my buddy Al. And we did we did um, we did an investigation once at, at a place called uh, Letchworth Village. Okay. It's up in Thales, New York. It's 29,000 square acres of, of a hospital that they would put uh, the insane oh bast- bastard yep. children okay. and, you know, undesirables, unwanted. Wow. There. Now, what's interesting about this hospital is there was a lot of doctors there that would experiment on individuals, no matter if it was a baby or an adult. Mm. And they did polio experiments there oh, as well. Wow. I think it was yeah. polio or TB, one of the two. Okay. So the way they had a candidate that worked, you know, a vaccination or whatever worked, is if you didn't die, <laughs> well, we're on to something, right? Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Right. So separate from where this facility is, was this, this cemetery. And in the cemetery, that's where they used to, you know, put all the bodies. And they dumped hundreds of bodies there from literally you know one day old to 90 whatever years old these are all the ones that have died or they experimented on or whatever so it was an unknown graves for a while some of the families that had relatives there they banded together and they um they put up a plaque so when you walk into this place it's separate from the hospital Okay. You actually have to drive to it in a different area. Okay. There's a lot of land between it. And the way it's situated, it's situated on a back road. You know, that's paved. There's like maybe three houses. 
um, and you have to park your car. You'll walk through this path about a quarter of a mile, and then it opens up to this, what looks like a little bit of a mound, but and the path goes to the right and the left. And in the center is a plaque that's probably, I'm going to say about four and a half feet high by four and a half, five feet wide. Mm. And on it, it lists all the people there. So we were going on an investigation there. Now, the way this was situated, we're doing a day-night thing. We like to do day and night if we can, because things do change when when the outside world calms down a bit. Okay. Um, you kind of pick up a little bit more. You're, you, you know, it's a little bit more focused at, you know, at nighttime. So what was interesting is if you picture where you're, if you're, if I'm standing at the cemetery, there's a tree there, there's a mound, there's no grave markers. It's just a plaque. All right. And the road goes, you know, there's a little path to the right around the mound or to the left. And to the left of us is a clear cut that they use for um, high tension wires. Right. So we started doing a survey first. We, we walked in, we went in there and we started walking around a bit. And we walked past the cemetery, walked up this path. We're like, wow, this is a cool place. I mean, I would have been hanging out there as a kid in this area, drinking beers or doing whatever. Right, right, right. You know, and especially if I had a, a four-wheel drive, it would be, you know, like, you know, whatever. So it's very squatchy. So you have water nearby. You got swampy. Okay. You have the tension wires there. and But I'm thinking, you know, more along the lines of um, ghosts. I'm in the ghost hunting mode. Because we're there to certain, do the gotcha. investments with Gotcha, yeah, right? yeah. So, and in the background, you can hear some dogs barking. And there was this one really big bark that we heard throughout the day. And my buddy's like, dude, you hear this? You hear that dog? I'm like, yeah, it sounds like a really big one. Sounds like, you know, like a mastiff or something like that. Okay. So we walk and we're like, you know, we felt we were missing something. So, you know, we're just trying to figure it out. So we go back, we start doing our investigation. He goes one way on the cemetery and I go the other. And the cemetery is... I mean, for all intents and purposes, maybe like a thousand square feet. You know, it's a, like a circle or a rotunda. Sure. So I'm doing my stuff. He's doing his stuff. We hear the dog barks and he's being drawn to a certain path. And I'm just kind of hanging out. And um, we just, it, it just, there's something weird about it. We felt like there's something else going on. There should be other, other things that were present. Um, given the type of location, what we were seeing, because we noticed things more than other people, uh, tree markers, uh, breaks and stuff. Gotcha. So we go to this one point and we said, you know, let's go to this one point and see where this meter, the EMF meter is reading. Okay. And, and if for the most part, being next to high intensity, you know, high tension wires, it wasn't that bad. Um, very surprised. So we hear these dogs barking and we're sitting there. And then I, you know, I, I sit down for a minute to look up. Then I look up and I see in the tree, probably about, I'm six foot one, mind you. Okay. Maybe 10 feet up. There's a break, a fresh break. Really? Whoa. Right. In the tree. And yeah. I'm like, yo, take a look. And he's like, oh, that's unusual. Yeah. Like what came through here that's going to break that? The only right. thing, right? Oh, man. So now I'm like, okay, what's going on? So he goes, should, should I do a, you know, should I do a tree knock or a call? I said, you know what, let's let's try with a tree knock. So he, he mm. finds a piece of wood, it's bad. Finds another piece of wood, and the dogs are barking, and the minute he hits that tree, boom, the dogs shut up. Oh yeah, dude. There's silence there. Totally. So like, so we're like, okay, 
That's yeah, very they interesting. Know. They know. They definitely know. Yeah. And we're him and I are pick. We pick up on each other. It's like we know that that's that was one tree knock. Okay. So we we try to do a call. Doesn't work. We play around with the Tibetan singing bowl to try to ramp up the energy. And our oh, inter- starts, yeah, interesting. Yeah, okay. We, okay. We love Tibetan singing okay. bowls. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It, it, for some reason, the vibration, the frequency coming out of them, depending on which ones you're using, I usually use the heart chakra. Mm-hmm. Um, and I forgot what what note that is right off the bat. I apologize. I haven't used That's it in right. a while. My wife and daughter, oh, stop. Don't do that. I'm like, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So uh, I have to be dad too and, and husband. Um, our, our EMF meter starts to go a little bit wacky. So I said, okay. So we start doing like a call and response type of thing. I'm like, can you, you know, are, are you, if you're actually responding to us, know you're here, make this go up to 90. Oh, and sure. boom, yeah. goes up to 90. Okay, great. Wow. No problem. Like, so we start playing around with it. So now we're getting into this. It's paranormal, ghosty, mm-hmm. but there's a cryptid type of marker here that I'm liking. Yep. And he starts going, do you hear that barking? You know? getting this feeling you know when he gets these certain feelings he goes off on his own and we regroup later on so as we come back this isn't that much time we've been there we've been there maybe an hour we see these two kids on a on a four a four-wheel drive type of thing okay uh you know one of the i forgot what they're called they come flying in here and they come flying and looking and they're talking you know, uh, yeah, we're looking for them now. We know they walked in here. We're looking for them. So we're figuring, like, okay, what's this? So they come in there, and they go along the path. They they miss us because we're actually at this point. We decided to sit behind the the, the marker that where they give you the list of the people who are buried there, mm-hmm. so nothing can come over our backs. So it's kind of like a a good point to be. So we got got our backs covered, and we can see out this way, and. They're looking for us. It's clear that they're looking for us. So we, when they come back, we like to, we, to we say hello to them. Like, okay. You know, I'm, you know, maybe it's private property. We'll just want to kind of get an idea. Right, right, right. But also we like to interview locals because oh, we want yeah. to know their experience. Great idea. Right? Great idea. Right. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Pat Flynn here, host of the award-winning podcast, The Smart Passive Income Podcast, which was created to help you learn how to become an entrepreneur. And in the simplest way, too, you know, entrepreneurship can be very difficult. I like to simplify things. And I interview people like Josh Hall and Shane and Jocelyn Sams and Maria Fela. Who are they? Well, they're people just like you, people who have taken action after listening to the show and have built a business that has changed their lives. And I'd love to share an episode with you that I think will inspire you to get started, too. Check out the link in the description or go to smartpassiveincome.com slash 122 to get inspired, get what you need to get started, and change your life. You got this, and thank you. And we get up there, and they're like, uh, what are you doing here? And I'm like, oh, we're paranormal investigators. We, you know, we want to cut the light to a cemetery. And they're like, you know, and we're like, um, you know, can we ask you some questions about you know, the cemetery like, no. And they take off real quick. Whoa. Wow. Like on a purpose, like they yeah. went in, they came out. Right. Yeah. And we noticed that we're like, wow, that's odd. They were pretty huh. quick. They were look yeah. like they were looking or they couldn't get out of here fast enough. And he's like, yeah. So mental note back in the head, hit my buddy's head. We continue on with our investigation. And then we decide to go away for a little bit to get some eat early dinner, you know, kind of take a break. 
take a break. We eat, we come back. It's still a little bit light out. And we start investigating the front end of this, of this area. And we hear this, I mean, like, I even commented, like, wow, that dog's pretty big. That, that dog sounds pissed. Like, rrr, rrr, it's really deep. You can kind okay. of feel it. Okay. So we walk back the path where we came in, and there's a cutoff to the right. We start walking down the cutoff, and it's the same area to the right of us that my buddy Al was being drawn to. Mm. And we start walking. He starts looking, and as we walk in, we see this structure. There is a huge tree structure. Now, Bigfoot usually leans trees. They do teepees. They do stars. Um, sure. There's certain things here. Okay, so this was um, easily a three-foot in circumference tree that was ripped from the ground with its roots, flipped wow. upside down so the roots were up there, and attached. It was yep. it was stand. It was like perfectly straight here, and you had other trees ripped out with the roots, like this on top of it. So it looked like a giant umbrella. Weird. That is very dogmatic. I said, wow. I said, uh, you know, and it's really funny when you're, when I, you're focused on one thing, sometimes you miss the obvious signs. Right. And yep. that really clicked. I said, this, this is very, to myself, like, this is very dogman-esque. Okay. But I'm like, we're really too close to the city for a dogman. I'm like, that's my opinion. Like, what would it be doing here? And I start walking a little bit further in the woods because we hear some sounds coming from that direction. My buddy Al's going, dude, dude, stop. Says, I got this feeling they're trying to draw us someplace. This doesn't feel right. Come back. And we've learned to trust each other's instincts. That So I come back and we're not being, you know, we're not, we don't continue down that path to investigate what, what that, those sounds are. So we come back and we're like, look, let's stay together. Fine. Now I'm trying to give you set this up. So where the entrance to this cemetery is, off this like two-lane road there's a little area to the when you pull up to it there's a little area to the to the left it's gravel that you would park your car you probably could fit three to four cars there and then if you go up a quarter mile more on the right hand side it looked like a nature trail and there's one of those light fixtures that's like incandescent light okay it's yep. yellowish so when we came back, we parked up there under the light so people could see that, oh, someone's probably on the trail. You know, we don't want to get in trouble. We don't, you know, we're not here to get arrested. So no problem. So we continue with our, ceremony, uh, our, our cemetery investigation. And my buddy starts getting really, really acting funny. Mm. Like he has this weird look on his face. Okay. He has issues with his technology. Yeah. I'm like, are you okay? He's like, yeah, I'm fine. Why? And I'm like, no, you don't seem right. Right, and it's getting cooler and colder, and you hear this like like this wolfish type of oh man like right yeah yeah yeah. And at one point, just through our evidence, I heard it, and I said, "Did you hear? Did you hear that? Did you hear a, a you know a growl or or a barking?" And my buddy on the audio says, "Nope." And the next thing you hear, like right next to us, is like oh, that. Man. Right? No, way. I didn't hear it at that time. Okay. I just noticed I heard a, like something that sounded like a growl. It's getting colder, full moon. And all of a sudden we're sitting there. This is probably about three, four hours. I have, it's getting cooler. I have to use the restroom, Yep. but I'm not going to urinate anywhere near a cemetery. That's very disrespectful. My yeah. So not, so, a, not a smart right? idea. No, right, yeah, right, right, I get it. Right. I get it. Yeah. So I said, you know what? I'm going to, I said to myself, hold on. When we get to the car, when we go and I'll, I'll pee over right. there. Pardon the expression. 
And I don't know if you ever heard of Steve Stockman. He's another great uh, writer. And he's on the list to talk to. He's a he's a great yeah, he's dude. A, yeah, he's a buddy of mine. He okay. loves this story because oh, of, okay. you'll hear. Right. Okay. So, so it's funny where we're staying. You can see the moon kind of breaking through the full moon. Mind you, we're at a cemetery. Yeah. And I, my hand to God, this white mist starts rolling in. Uh oh. And it's like your classic. If you ever seen those old werewolf movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there's like this white fog coming in, and yeah. I'm like, and I'm like, dude, are you seeing this shit? And he's oh, like, Yeah, goodness, I'm seeing yeah. it. And I'm like, holy crap. So we stayed there a little bit longer, and he's kind of acting where I said, Look, he's getting a little bit chilled. I said, you know, we've been here long enough. Let's let's just go back to the car. You know, I gotta okay. go to the bathroom. Let's let's go back. Right, right. And it, and we agree. So we pack our stuff up. Actually, before that happens, these guys come back in, and we said, when they come back in, we're gonna ask them about their experiences again. Oh, yeah. So these guys noticed us we, we, when we came back in. And again, they come in like bats out of hell and they're looking for us. And we're okay. like, you know, okay, can we ask you questions about, you know, strange stuff here? No. And like, we're out of here. And then, <laughs> then they go again. Very strange. It's like they know something we don't. Exactly. Oh, they know a lot more. They're not going to tell. Yeah. Because no one believes you when you tell these things. But so we walk back out. We have our little lamps on. And we start walking to the car. And as we're walking to the car, I'm on his passenger side of this, my buddy's vehicle. He's, it's a Jeep, little Jeep. Okay. Jeep Liberty. So I figured, okay, when we get to the car, just before I get in, I'll pee on the side. Now, where his car is, I'm standing on a, on a, a I would be standing on a three-foot grade. Okay. As we're walking, we see eye shine. Now, I'm thinking okay. here. And as we're getting there, it's getting a little bit more amberish. And it's getting bigger. And it's right by the car. Oh man. And I'm like, what the hell is that? We're looking, we're looking. Now, I don't have any firearms. Um, I don't. I'm live in New York City. It's impossible to get, you know. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So what yeah. we do is on investigations, we carry uh machetes. So I have one here. Oh, interesting. One okay. here yep. and one on my side, plus a couple folding knives. Wow. We have bear, we have big cat. Yeah, we have makes other sense. Things. Makes sense. I, I don't really want to kill anything, but you gotta protect yourself, right? I get it, yeah. So I got the machete here and I got it on the side, whatever. Wow. My backpack. We get to the car and I got to pee. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be brutally honest. So as we get there, we see this thing sitting there. We're like, is it a deer? I'm like, no, it's not a deer. And it's just kind of in the shadows. You can see its shape. It's got this shape of a head. It has these like a Marmaduke type of ears, like big oh, ears. Yeah, pointed. Yeah, yep. And it looks like a snout and they're yellow eyes. And it's sitting there on its haunch. Oh man! Doesn't move, doesn't Oof. blink, doesn't do anything. Now where I am, I am no more than fifteen feet to twenty feet from it. I've had dogs my entire life. I know all about dogs, so I got to pee. So my buddy Al's put, put you know, we're, we're talking about like, see, how come it's not moving? Maybe it's a dog. It was too big, and then it hits me that I'm six foot one. I'm standing on a three foot grade. That makes me nine feet one inches. Mm-hmm. This thing sitting down on its haunch, its snout was about here to my nose. Oh, my goodness. So that Whoa. means that this thing sitting is over eight feet tall. Jeez. So I start peeing in front of it. And my buddy's like, dude, get in the car. We can do this later. I'm like, no, dude, I got to go. <laughs> and I'm peeing in front of it. And I put my bag in the car whatever. And I'm peeing. And it's just sitting there. And it's like I'm going. 
it was kind of like an Austin Powers type of pee. I got to be honest. Oh yeah, like, like evac- evacuation yeah. complete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just kept That's, going. Like, now we're dating ourselves. You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, we, we date <laughs> ourselves all all we want. And my buddy's like, "Get in the car, bro. Get in the car." I'm like, "Dude, yeah. I'm not finished." He goes, "Get in the car. I'm gonna fucking leave you here." And I'm like, "Dude, I'm not finished. I'm looking at him in the car." And then I look back, and we notice this thing. And what it does is it just slowly goes down, Ooh. lies down, one fluid motion, and then disappears. Now, at that minute, when stuff's about to get real for me and when I'm going to have an experience or something's going to happen, I get the goose pimples. Yep, yep. Hard as a rock. And I'm like, oh, shit, time to go. I threw my stuff in there, and I got in the car, and we peeled off, and that was it. That was our experience. But I was no more than 15 to to 20 feet from this, and it was definitely, I know enough about dogs. There is no dog in the planet that sitting down is eight feet tall. Yeah. And at that moment, we started discussing it. I I kept looking out the back, but nothing came out. And here's the interesting part. If we're talking about dogman as a canine or, Mm -hmm. you know, know, bipedal, whatever, canine-based cryptid, when you urinate, when a dog urinates in front of another dog, it marks its territory. Yeah. It says to that dog, I'm the boss. I'm the alpha. That may have saved you, dude. Right? You never so, know. So we're thinking about this, and I'm and I I was talking to this, my buddy Al. I'm like, like, he goes, dude, don't ever do that again. I'm gonna leave you. I'm like, you're not gonna leave me. You love me too much, and you're gonna have to explain <laughs> that crap to my wife. It's not gonna happen. So, but it was very it, it was fine up until that point where he disappeared. It was very unnerving, you know, type of thing. So wow. But I just always thought like th- this this dogman was like, holy crap. This guy's crazy. Yeah. Is he being in front of me? I can just picture <laughs> me going back to the, you know, to the to the, the the crew at the pound or the dogman pound going. So there he was. He's standing there and he's being in front of me. Who and, does he think he is? Yeah, he's yeah. That's that's wild, dude. That's the one of the wildest stories I've ever heard on this podcast outside it's, of Jody Cook. I'm not even kidding. I know Jody, but yeah, I God's know. honest truth. And Steve Stockton <laughs> loves that. He goes, I've gotten so much mileage out of it. But it's oh, the truth. Funny. It's just like, but the concept is now from that point, I've had, I've had, I've been in situations where there were dogmen present, but mm-hmm. I haven't interacted with them. And I'm wondering, it seems like with this cryptid, which I didn't want to believe to begin with, I was like, okay, come on, werewolves, you know, they're 100% legitimate and real. They are very horrific. Yeah. Uh, according to Vic Cundiff, basically, right. and through the research, there's seven variants. I don't know yep. what my camera's catching. Seven, seven variants, right? Whatever. There you go. And, you know, you have the soldier ones that look like something out of um, uh, Van Helsing. Yeah. You know, like these monsters that, like, rip you up. They are very menacing looking. There's nothing nice about this cryptid. No, whatsoever. not at all. No, zero. Okay? Up until, like, the, there's a Dogman Type 3, which is kind of like a hybrid. Right? So what I did before the show, because I've never been on the show, and I thank you very much for having me on your show. Oh, you're I feel, welcome, I, yeah. I feel so highbrow that we're we're talking dogmen and Bigfoot on the Bigfoot right. society. Yeah, when you put society exactly. in something, it's like, really? They don't want me here. I'm not a society <laughs> type. <laughs> but it's it's a it's an interesting name for a pipe. It's a whole thing. I think it's but, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, I think it's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, thank but, you. Um, but something very interesting is there's a dogman type three. 
Okay. And one of them is kind of like it looks a little bit like a Bigfoot, but it also looks like a like a dog, like like has that canine type okay. of okay. lichen or Anubis look to it. Uh-huh. But it's not as menacing. And my my theory, what I've postulated, okay. postulated, good there SAT go. word, people. There you go. I think that there's a point in time, and I I, I have some other theories on this where Bigfoot and Dogman kind of do a West Side story. Yeah, I got you. And they yep. mate. And yeah. I think they have the ability to connect with each other. And maybe it's maybe it's the the way I look at it is maybe it's the weaker link for both ends of it. Mm. The runts of the litter. Okay. Um, sounds really weird and impersonal. And they kind of just find each other and they right. propagate and they'll yeah. produce yeah. pups as well as, you know, Bigfoot or mm. dogman type threes. We did another investigation. Um and we did it up in upstate New York. Okay. Very close. I'll just say it's it's near 5522-ish area. If you know that, it's that's or 44. And Route 40. Okay. Okay. I know where like speculator is. You're right. talking like Adirondacks. No, I'm talking actually where your 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 grandparents near. Oh, okay. In gotcha. that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. There's a okay. there's a place in the four corners there. Where Massachusetts, New York, and Connecticut meet is a totally place called yep. Bish Bash Falls. Dude, I've been to Bish Bash. Yeah. It's yeah, wild. I, I, I love that place. My father used to take me there all the time when I was yeah. a little kid. It's Don't go the in the coolest... water. <laughs> Dude. I love that I place. I always felt it was weird, too. But there's, he's not there's... into weird stuff, so he never told me weird stories. Nah, he didn't know him. He probably has seen some things or knows some things through you know years and years of X, Y, and Z. Yeah. But, oh, that's rubbish. That, that's the folklore. Dude. But I'll tell you, when you start investigating these things, it's not folklore. Yeah. So, so this is kind of close there, but more on the New York side. Okay. I, I, I'm being very vague for reasons because I, gotcha. I, I want to protect certain areas. Okay. So this is a big lake, and okay. it was really once used for by United Nuclear Corporation to um, to do. They were they were working with weapons grade uranium. Oh man. To develop an engine. What kind of engine we don't know, but they had an accident there, and it went into the lake, and the military eventually cleaned it up. But it's an it's an area throughout time, from uh, indigenous people has high strangeness in the area. Really, lots of high strangeness. Uh, cryptids, uh, gnomes, you know, elemental type of creatures. Oh, wow. Everything, even really? Bigfoot, right? Yeah. Whoa. So we decide. My buddy decides. Uh, we're doing a day night investigation, Halloween Eve. Full moon, meteor shower. So we said, okay, cool. We'll go to the, we'll go to the lake. Now the park closes at um, sunset, but the Appalachian Trail kind of skirts the lake a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah. So you yep. can be on the Appalachian Trail all you want, but when you get into a federal park, mm-hmm. they close. They close. Yeah, okay. And they're pretty good about it. So mm-hmm. we can't park in their parking lot, so we park a half a mile away in a certain area, and we hoof it. And we okay. walked out a half a mile. And then once you get to the park, it's probably about a, a, a three quarters of a mile to get to the tip of the lake. Mm. And when you get to the tip of this lake, there's still radiation poisoning in there. There's radioactive waste. Whoa. Right. Whoa. So you can either take a path to the right of the lake or to the left. Okay. If you go to the right of, of the lake, it's a go trail. There's no way you're going to make it. All right. I mean, there's rocks. You're going to die. You're gonna, you literally, okay. it's okay. not, it, it, 
it's not for the faint of heart. No one really does it because it's just too complex. Mm. So you go to the right. Now, as you go to the right, you kind of meet up with the Appalachian Trail. Okay. And then at certain spots, it's like, a, it's not like it's a, a place where you can park your, your rear and start a campfire. They don't want that. Yeah. But yeah, it's a little exactly. bit open of an area there. Yep. And, and then, you know, it's a nice spot. Now, my buddy went there pri- previously because he's been there before. He's had interactions with a, what he calls a bipedal cryptid, Bigfoot. And he's brought people there and he's heard the monkey barking stuff. So I'm excited. I'm like, cool, let's go. Let's let's do this, right? So we walk in and we walk this one spot. We say, okay, there's at that spot, there's a rock formation to the left of us that's pretty high up. It's impossible really to get in there the where it's located because it's it's just it's really intense. There's no like even if you try to circle back around it, it would take you hours to get this one spot. Mm. And on top of it is a whole, it looked, it, it's like a Karen. So it's like a piling of rocks. Yep. You, I got you. you I got yeah. you. Right. Yeah. So I find it very, uh, very weird, but knowing a little bit about uh, the Inuit Indians from the North, mm. they have something called a nukashuk. Okay. And that's, a, it's, that's what they do is they br- build these rock uh, totems that look like humans and they're kind of like with arms out, Interesting. legs. And they put that up purposely to ward off the evil and say, nope, there's something here. Don't come here. Mm. So it was like, okay, this is weird. We yeah. go a little bit further. And by the time we get to the, the location he wants to start at, because there are two of these, he found two, three quartz balls, like quartz rock that was like chipped away. So they're round, really? not smooth, but rounded, they're not natural. Yeah, that's at the other end of the lake. So at the top point of the lake, it's about two miles oh up. My goodness. Okay. So he says, we're going to make our stand here. That's where we're going to start. And then we'll slowly come back to this area. We'll do another investigation here. And then, you know, that's how, that's what the plan was. So we go there and there's three of us. There's me, my bu- uh, buddy, Al, and a friend of ours named Bill. Bill had a YouTube program. He videotaped. So we, Al kind of wanted him to go there. He wanted to go, but I wanted a little, you know, videotaping action. Right, right, right. Yeah. I tried to live stream through uh, um, Twitter. Yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. But the cell signals were. So I yep. was trying to do live streaming, trying, you know, not do live streaming. So when we got this one location, the way we set it up, if you're looking at us, I'm all the way to the right, out, out about ten feet in to to my right is Al, and then about ten feet to him, he's behind a bigger set of rocks. Okay. And then to 10 feet to his right is bill standing well well, sitting in an area that's a little bit near a a mini rock wall one of those rock walls you find in the woods so we set our stuff up we don't start a fire because we don't have any problems with any fire we're not really supposed to be there and we start doing investigation now's listening through parabolic microphone exactly and you hear tree knocks every once in a while i'm like wow did you hear that tree knock i'm like yeah yeah i got that but basically bill's videotaping for himself you know narrating whatever he's doing there mm-hmm. i'm doing my own investigation I'm, i have all my meters out i'm you know checking out uh emf meters i got FLIR. i've got you know full spectrum cameras whatever taking pictures and now's doing his own thing and he discovers a certain point when he used the pa- parabolic mic as he points it up he gets this like weird noise it's almost like a, a, a an sos or morse code mm. and i'm like i'm looking at it and he's like what the hell is that and i said well it could be one of things 
to be a microwave transmitter that the military and U.S. government use in case of a nuclear you know, bomb, Okay. Um, which they said they're shut off, but I think they still use them now. Yeah. yeah. Um, it could be radiation from the lake because this tree, if you go back to when this tree yep. was, it would be a lot lower. So it's roughly about the height where through the growth process or it's freaking aliens. <laughs> right. So there's your three right, right. there. And all the while we were there, I kept hearing rock knocks, boom, boom, oh, across wow. the lake from yes, us. Yes. And I kept hearing tree knocks. So I'm like, okay, this is very interesting. And um, in the distance, you know, being in the woods, you can hear a lot further away. But in the distance from us, we kept hearing dogs barking. And as the night started to get darker and the, the sun started setting, this, and we, we started playing again with the Tibetan singing bowls, ramping it up. Okay, okay. Um, we did some experiments. He has a rose quartz crystal head skull. I have a clear crystal head oh, skull. Interesting. His name's Scully. Um, it's it's <laughs> kind of cool. So yeah. we were doing, you know, we, hitting it with EMF, you know, meters. We're hitting it with uh, temperature gauges. Nothing was radiating off of these rocks. There was no anomalies. But once we started doing the, the Tibetan singing bowls, this pressure started building as it was getting darker. We were there. Oh, man. And it, it's kind of, if you, to explain the pressure, the best way I can explain it is if you've ever been, well, in the summer someplace and you kind of smell a rain coming, it gets a little bit pressurized. Yep. It was like, but that on crack, it was like a thousand times worse. Wow. You kind of just felt uncomfortable. Okay. So we said, you know, let's call a psychic in Arkansas. All okay. Right. So we call her up. And she gets on the phone and she's all jumble. You can't you can't hear a word from her. Weird. Like, are you okay? He goes, it's very strange. There's a lot of energy. It's very strange. And eventually, we have to cut her off. Okay. And at that point, we're hearing louder wood knocks oh, from man. where we are. So we're at the top of this. Like, I'm gonna use this. We're up here. Yep. And to the right of us, on the, there's a little bit of water here. Okay. It's still a lake. There are wood knocks coming from that direction. And it's getting more and more intense. It, you, you can feel it like you want to, like something's going to go on, something's happening. And at one point, we kept hearing footfall, but it oh felt it, it was it was really weird. It was it was like heavy footfall. Mm. And uh, again, the way I best can, can describe it is, I've been to some agriculture fairs, like for you, it would be the Goshen Fair or the Big E. Up yep. there in Massachusetts. Yeah, exactly. Okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when you have a team of horses walking, or if you've ever been to an outdoor circus, mm-hmm. you can feel when the elephant's moving. Oh, yeah. You feel like, what was that? Like, that's the elephant moving. That's what it felt like. I'm like, whatever this thing is, it's big. Mm-hmm. And we heard breaks here and there, but it's very slow. And, um, and we're, we're all doing our own thing. And the next thing you know, it's, it's, it's dark, it's pitch black. Now, okay. Me being from New York, got on stand. So is my buddy Al, and so is actually Bill. I'm always looking for like, okay, if, if something happens now, where am I going to go? Right, right. Well, I'm not jumping in nuclear wasted water. No, I don't climb trees that good. I can't go to the left of me, which is the Go Trail. It's pitch black, so I'm going to have to make a book. I would have to go to the right or stand my ground. Basically, I have to stand my ground. If something yeah. happens. Okay. And we're hearing these louder wood knocks and whatever. And at one point, again, we're just sitting there. And my buddy Al goes, it sounds like, you know, people are here. I'm like, it's not people. And the next thing you know, you hear 
something running in Bill's direction Whoa. from behind him. And he gets up running. So I get up uh, and we form a pyramid. Yeah. Al, I'm to Al's right. So we're, we're like that pyramid thing. And Bill starts taking off. Oh my God. Now, if he didn't stop, he would have killed himself. He would have poked his eye out. He would have went into the, wow. you know, it would have been really bad. Yeah. So I'm ready. And I've got my, my machete three quarters drawn. And I'm like, okay, let's go. And I'm thinking it's either bear, you know, possibly, or a, a big cat. Yeah. I was thinking also big cat, but this is really, really big. And Bill is just panicked. So I'll go stand your ground, Bill. Stand your ground. So Bill is useless oh, at this man. point. Love you, Bill, but you were useless. <laughs> so it's just me and Al. And then we turn on this flashlight. So Bill had like a 3 million or 6 million watt flashlight. We look okay. in that direction. There's nothing there. Not a fucking thing. We use full spectrum camera, nothing. Clear, nothing. We run over to the, to the area and like there's nothing. It would literally sound it was right next to us. So like, okay, this is really, really strange. So we kind of settled back down again. Al's using the, the, the parabolic mic. And at this point, we hear the tree knocks again. And then we hear him again. And the next thing you know, my buddy goes, I think there are people here. And, I'm, and you hear whoop, whoop. And then the oh, third boy. whoop is at the other end of the lake, two miles away. Whoop. And he goes, I think that's people. I'm like, are you out of your fucking mind? Yeah, that's not that's people. Not people. <laughs> yeah, it, it's not, it, you know, and you can feel this thing reverberating in your chest. Okay, and I got to yeah, be honest yeah, with yeah. you, I do investigate this stuff. I'm a glutton for punishment, as they say. It was a depends moment. <laughs> yeah, because right? You're just oh, like, you know, it was just, uh. And mm -hmm. you go, what was that? I'm like, dude, that was, that was right here. And where it came from was right behind us. Wow, uh, we're at between Al and I on this little ledge of, of the of the the area. We run up to that area, full lights blazing. Right after that, there's nothing. We don't hear a tree knock. We don't hear anything else after that point. And I'm thinking, like, okay, I got it now. And in my head, I've already had this judgment. This is a Bigfoot, mm -hmm. and no freaking doubt about it. And when that tree knock happened. They were two really close together. He he or she, this Bigfoot said, whoop, whoop, whoop. There are three of them. Take the long way home. Yeah. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. It was an advanced scout. And we did not move from that point. We were, didn't move. We stood our grounds. Oh, man. So after that, a few minutes later, I think it got pissed off. And the next thing you hear, come at, you hear something coming from the trees behind me, like breaking branches. And then I hear a thud right behind me, boom. And I'm sitting in one of those like Coleman type of chairs, you know, like, yep, you know, yep. And I hear a roll, roll, hits my chair, throws me out of my chair forward. Whoa. And I look, and there's this, you know, I'm going to say it's a boulder. It's a bigger rock than I can. I mean, it's, it's a okay. couple hundred pounds. Man. And I was just like, holy crap, if this thing wanted to kill me, I would have yeah. been dead. Yeah. So, mind you, again, we're taking pictures. We're, you know, we have FLIR. We have uh, all these different types of cameras. I use a special camera, an Olympus A4, okay. really for underwater photography. But I use it on investigations because when you're, they have an algorithm in there where you capture the scene, but it helps to add light to the photo where it'll, you know, so it's it's kind of like a, a dark camera, oh, like something with very little yeah. lux, but without any manipulation of the actual image. 
That's why I liked it. Okay, that's cool. So I and it records video. Okay, cool. So after a while, once that final blow with that rock happened, that pressure we felt, yeah, disappeared. It was Whoa. like like an elephant came off my chest. I'm like, holy crap! So we're breathing, and I said, you know what? We've been here too. Let's, you know, and Al goes, yeah, let's move to the next destination. <laughs> so this is probably about, um, I'm gonna say nine ish, nine o'clock, something like that, whatever. So we start walking. Put our head lamps on, get our gears, and I'm I'm packing my stuff up. But I had a little backpack, and I put the camera in the bag, and I said, "Nope, Brian, don't be that guy that is the one that has the camera in the bag." Yep. Instead, yep. I put it in my breast pocket. Okay. So we start walking. There's three of us. Now it's a beautiful night, full full moon, great stars, you know, the, the country, and we're at a point in the lake where we're at the top of that point of the lake where you can see out, and I can see. From where I was, I'm in the north. So if I'm in the north, the west is to my right, east is to my left, mm -hmm. and the south is straight ahead. And as we're walking, I see this orange-like object. It looks like an incandescent light, and I'm thinking, oh, it's a helicopter. And we're walking, and we all stop, and it's going from west to east, and it starts flying, right? Mm -hmm. And I say, what is that? And I point to it, and then it, it goes. It stops when I say that, and it comes right towards us what so oh, my boy. brain is like "Ooh, this is getting really interesting yeah so at this point this thing starts flying to us it's hovering maybe 20 feet above us it you kind of can't see it it's kind of like a, a i'm gonna say like an eye shape like the shape of an eyeball like an almond i gotcha yeah and it's yep. just at the distance where you kind of can see it's like black like gunmetal black but you can't really see anything and we're we're kind of you know, hang, it's Al, myself, and Bill. And Al is praying at this point because he doesn't want any of us to get yeah. abducted. Like, oh, please don't let him get abducted. Wow. I don't yeah. want the responsibility. At this point, I've had my camera out and I'm videotaping. So I said, I, I, I see it. I see it. It's right there. And this video, if you want, Bronxville Paranormal Society YouTube, okay. you'll see the orange video. Awesome. And listen with headphones because it's important. Okay. And you hear this little sound that's going on. You hear like a motorish sound and like a like a, a musical sound. Weird. And right. So Al says, and you hear him in the video, time check. And okay. I say 915. Okay. From where we are with this UFO to get to the next location is five minutes, no more than that. And you hear Bill after a while, he sounds like a zombie. It's just looking at us. Something like that. I forgot what it is. Oh man. And then the next thing you know. It beams that light down on us. So we shut our headlamps off, beams the light on us. And then it's over. And we go, wow, okay, let's walk to the next location. So we walk to this next location. That's the open area I talked about in the beginning where you we yeah, got yep, to. Yep. So we're hanging out there. We set up the, 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 the chairs. I'm setting my stuff up. I jerry-rigged Bill's camera so he has a side monitor. You can look at it. And he has an SD card in it. And our psychic said we're going to see these, like, gnomish things that that are there and okay. i start seeing things in the woods from gnomes to taller beings that are there just out of the eye and Whoa. these gnomes are moving back and forth i said do you see the those things moving back and forth from tree to tree and bill and al are looking at this thing and he goes oh my god i can't believe we're watching you know we're videotaping this so they started you know they were videotaping these things wow. going back and forth and then i'm like oh this is this is incredible 
And at one point, Al sees uh, an orb over the, on the water, and he says, Brian, you take your laser. I think I had a green laser. He had a red laser. He goes, when I okay. tell you three, we'll hit it. Let's see what we get a reaction. Yeah. And we do that, and the thing just disappears. Whoa. And we're like, dude, this is great. We got this video. Let's go look at it again, right? Yeah. So we try to look at it again, and we see it. You can see when you hit record, you see it, the countdown clock. And mm -hmm. we're recording it. Try to use it. Card won't work. Oh my Not goodness, are you kidding me? And oh, I'm like, no. I'm like, there's no way this is an SD card. So it's like there's yeah. no mechanics in it. Should right. just should have been recording. So Al's oh. like, okay, you know what? Let's give Cindy a call again. Um, time check. And mind you, this has been like no more than 10, 20 minutes. Yeah. You know, nothing more yeah, than yeah. that. Uh, in total from traveling over to that area. And I go 10 to uh, 10 to 12. And he's like, Whoa, what? No and I'm like, way. and I look at him like 10 to 12. I'm like, what? What the hell is that? And like, oh, we got to give Cindy oh, a call. Boy. So we start yep. giving her, we call her up, right? Now she's an hour behind. She's central, right? Arkansas. And uh, she's like, what the hell's going on with you guys? You know, you I'm like, well, you sound better, Cindy. And as we're talking, we hear what sounds like Bill's away from us in the woods videotaping. Okay. And we hear what sounds like a family out in the woods at 12 midnight on Halloween. Like it's like they're going for a walk in the park. So we hang up on Cindy and we say, listen, put your lights on because we don't want to freak these people out. They come around the woods. So we all put our lights on. You know, we're three guys with machetes, you know. Yeah. Don't freak me out, right? <laughs> That's true. Three guys with machetes. <laughs> yeah. So, so we're waiting and we're waiting and waiting. Nothing comes. So we walk over there. We look. There's nobody there. Not a soul. Whoa. We don't hear him anymore. We get Cindy back on the phone. I was like, look, you know, we heard these people. And like, she goes, no, those people aren't there. They'll be there tomorrow. You're in a space time rip right now. Oh, my goodness. No so way. we're like, okay, this is getting Whoa, weird. You know, dude. like, whatever. So we're like, okay. And she goes, yeah, they'll be there tomorrow. I said, yeah, we saw these different beings, which is elementals, which she said we would. I said, I told you. And after a few minutes, about 12 o'clock, you know, we're on the phone with them maybe five minutes. We decide, you know what? It's been a long night. Let's pack up. We'll go. And we walk and we're walking out of this place. And not one of us is discussing anything that took place between the bipedal cryptid, the UFO incident, the missing time, and time space trip. Oh my and normally we go to an investigation afterwards. You know, we will go to a, a diner and talk about these different things. And we didn't. So long story short, everybody went their separate ways. And I'm driving back to the city, like kind of scanning the skies. Right. The next day I wake up and I have this awful metallic taste in my mouth and phlegm. And I, you know, I breathe it up yeah. and I spit out and I look, my tongue is blue. It looks like I ate a Smurf. Okay. Oh. So I call my buddy and I'm like, Al, you, you, you have something weird going on with you or anything? Cause I, I told him about the, the uh, metallic taste and it looks like I ate a Smurf. He goes, so what about Bill? He goes, well, Al says, I feel like there's something hard on my lip. Um, kind of got a headache and I have like a little bump in my head. I said, go call Bill and then get back to me and let's find out. So at that point, my, my wife comes in with my two kids from the Sunday school and they go, Daddy, and I have no shirt on. They go, what happened to you? I'm like, what are you talking about? What happened to those bruises? I have two bruises, one over here and like one on my body. I'm like, I never hit anything. Whoa. So Al comes back on. I said, dude, I got bruises on my body. What the hell's going on? He goes, Bill woke up screaming like bloody murder. In the middle of the night, he scared the hell out of his mother. So that was it for that expedition. We we made an agreement that if we were oh going to get redressed, goodness. 
we do it together. But I have a lot of people in the investigation business, and one of my friends, Derek Tyler, he who saw the video of the, the UFO, he says, I said, Derek, well, what do you think it is? He goes, I said, you're being downloaded. So basically, we were being abducted. I said, well, we're thinking about Whoa. regressing. He's like, don't. Okay. You sleep well? I said, yeah, I sleep all right. I, I mean, I don't, it's hard for me to go to sleep, but yeah. there's no, do you have nightmares? He goes, no, don't regress. You'll never be able to go back. Whoa, wild. So I said, okay, cool. Fast forward. That was October. We go to the summer of that. The next year, we decide to go back to the area. We're all being drawn to it. And as we're there, we're drawn to it. Bill's there and whatever. And we're walking to where we were. And there's no way in hell this thing could be over there. You know, move through these woods. You know, from point A to point B when it went whoop, whoop. Right. And then no way. So we walk a little bit further into a swampy area. And Bill's videotaping. And Al gets a higher uh, perspective. And I see it right off the bat. And Al goes, oh, my God, look. We find a den. So Bill starts trying to go get closer there. He steps in. He almost We almost lose him in the swamp, you know, the mud. Takes a video. He goes back home later that night. And I'm like, this is cool. He's watching the video. His mom goes, what are those monkeys doing there? <laughs> so we're like, what? So I see the video. So if you're in Patreon and you're a Patreon member of Bigfoot Society, you're lucky. You are going to see these pictures. And these come from the, the lighter ones are the den that we found where you will see okay, a dog man okay. in it. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, will yeah. see something that's very grotesque that looks like uh, the Green Goblin on, on acid. I mean, it's huge. A, a dog, oh, a, a, what looks like a pup growling and clearly a werewolf type, I mean, a wolfman type of, you know, animal creature. And this was what was in the den. And we were able to blow that up. Also, Dude. If you go to the Bronxville Paranormal Society and you yes. look at the Nuclear Lake investigation, they'll okay. see the images. I was looking at it so many different times. I mean, I've seen it on screens the size of my phone all the way up to 85-inch TV sets, and I missed it. It's why you don't edit your own homework or papers. You're going to miss things. Yeah. My partner was talking about something. Someone went in there, and, and they circled from the actual images one that looks like a dogman peeking over over the wall and you'll see the wall where we were and another one that looks like a big like a, a giant monkey okay mm. it's a little bit blobby but it's not as blobby as you think it clearly looks like harry from harry and the henderson yep yep so that's my interaction with i don't want to take I'm, I'm looking at time here and i don't want to kill you oh, with that. yeah my goodness this is wow yeah. this is dude this is one of the, <laughs> my and it's it's such a like this episode shouldn't have happened really if you think about it because yeah. i've never to be honest brian you've never heard of me i've never heard of you and kenny just happened to say <laughs> like hey brian can you take yep. my place and like i'm so glad i got to talk to you i mean the dude you rock yeah like, i think i joined your i think bigfoot society um uh a podcast listener group or whatever it was oh yeah, was, yeah yeah like yeah right i do today, my own actually. research but i'm yeah. usually in all these groups yeah but this the current way of things going now, it's not researchers and investigators. It's a lot of storytellers and they're telling some crazy stories exactly. and it's getting exaggerated and it's actually hurting the investigation, the research. Totally. Um, but uh, we have other, you know, we, we call this a plan B. So when we, we plan on doing a, and we can't, we go to plan B and a lot of times plan B's are very productive. There's another time close to New York state. We we're supposed to go shooting one day closed we did plan b 
we found a whole area where uh, in a park in New York State, upstate New York, we found a mother and child footprint of Bigfoot. Oh my goodness! Yeah, and and I didn't uh, have casting material, but I did have a lidar phone, so I yeah. have a lidar yep. image of this. Yeah, it's yeah. So Brian, I could B. I could literally talk to you for hours, and plus <laughs> you get back. you get the whole th- yeah. I'm I'm gonna have you come back one day. Sure. And you get the whole like Berkshires in northwestern Connecticut area, like you get it, dude. I'm, I'm but basically thank spent you so much. Years of my life there, yeah. Um, and now can, it's off to Florida for the skunk ape. So when I there go you down go. There. Can you share with the listeners like how they can best keep up to date with what you're doing? And I'll put it in the show notes. Sure. For sure. So um, right now I'm I'm in between my podcasts because I'm moving, so I have okay. to get that stuff situated. But I'm on all the podcasts under Inside the Goblin Universe. Okay. I do one with Ron Murphy or Ron the Crypto Guru Murphy. Okay. And I do my own Nobo Boomy, which stands for nobody but me. Right. Um, I'm on every piece of social media when I'm not being kicked off of being political uh, on certain <laughs> things, protecting everybody's rights. Right. But uh, you can direct message me if you have any questions. I, okay. I will just say, hey, I heard you're on uh, Bigfoot Society. So I kind of have a reference of where you're coming right, right, from. Right. Yeah. Um, and I will eventually have uh, the Bronxville Paranormal Society, the New York State UFO Project. You say Sasquatch.org, but I will have BrianBowden.com up and running soon, awesome. and that will also have links to get to these other our our websites, and uh, just look for our groups, uh, Bronxville Paranormal Site, New York State UFO Project, on uh, Facebook. Uh, when fantastic, not us fantastic! Off. Oh yep. man, Brian, thank you so much for uh, coming on and uh, be sure. talking to you in the future. Pleasure. One day. Thanks again, sir. Thanks for listening to the Bigfoot Society podcast. Please take a few minutes to review the show on iTunes five stars as it does help us get into the eyes and ears of more listeners on iTunes. Uh, That will help us just get bigger and bigger and get even better quality guests for future shows. Uh, Also, if you have any Bigfoot encounters or cryptid encounters, please send your stories and Uh, audio and photos whatever you've got over to bigfootsociety at gmail.com if you'd like to become more involved with Bigfoot Society and get some extra content we do have a Patreon uh, where you can get all sorts of cool things for example for $7 a month you get extra Bigfoot Society content uh, usually interviews but other things as well you get a sweet membership card and a vinyl sticker that I send to you in the mail you get access to the Bigfoot Society after show which is an extra interview after the main interview with the weekly guest and usually they are up for uh, Patreon members to be in that extra show segment with them and me and you get to ask your uh, question live to them and get an answer from the guest which as you've seen what guest we've had in the past this could be a really big deal there's also a private discord where you can get involved with uh, talking to me one on one and the community there and that's always a great time You can find the Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash the Bigfoot Society. We're very thankful for all our supporters that we have in so many different ways and appreciate uh, all our listeners coming back week after week to listen to more cryptozoology based interviews. Uh, Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next time. The views and opinions expressed are those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of Bigfoot Society. Any content provided by our guests 
are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone. Thank you.